Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're sitting down with Miguel Valdez of Valdez Strength and Performance. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like what you're seeing and you want to help support the featured athletes, coaches, and guests, make sure you subscribe and also share. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top con- cannabis stop, look no further than Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf. With his knowledgeable staff and crew, you're going to be able to find all the THC and CBD products of the highest of qualities. Online curbside pickup is available, and all you got to do is like our Instagram and their Instagram, and you'll be able to save some money. The links are in the bio. We're also sponsored by Project XGuard. Project XGuard is an amazing program helping underprivileged youth get connected with jiu-jitsu throughout the GTA and continue to do so. If you know anybody who would benefit from having jiu-jitsu in their life, let us know, reach out to us, and we'll help you get started with some amazing instructors. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the show. everybody welcome back to a special edition of the choking hazard podcast we are gathered today with miguel valdez from your training site like we i caught wind of your training site more on like watching um there's a couple gentlemen that like just showed showed me your instagram and i was like super jacked up and saw it but i also realized you were training with david mosley your bjj guy and i was like oh you know we've got to bring this guy on to have a discussion about (laughs) training because like Michael, myself, and you, like by trade, we're all fitness professionals. So I was like, we got to bring somebody in, but really talked about like power lifting, a lot of different kind of different concepts of training so we could get a really good discussion. So welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for joining us today. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Aaron, how does it feel to talk to somebody who actually lifts on like us <laughs> God, you know what like like i was saying i was telling miguel before like when it comes to like bjj training like it, obviously a lot of people haven't been doing a lot of training necessarily depending on where you're at or what your situation is but a lot of people if they have the capability they've been doing a lot more strength training but miguel you have a pretty sick setup in your is it your garage that you're set up in or is that your studio or yeah it's uh it's a garage that i got everything set up in now Excellent. So this is a, your main training space now, and that's what you've been utilizing. Yeah. So basically, like before the whole like pandemic, um, I was just renting out of like a space still in Brampton, but I was just renting out of space there. Um, and then I trained out of like loose strengths uh, gym as well. And then I guess as things happen, obviously that gym didn't exist, couldn't train any people anymore. So started just gathering some equipment over like the over the pandemic, basically more so in the summer months, and just kept them buying equipment and just kind of got a full setup going after that. Very nice. So like, how did you even like get really more, did you start off with BJJ and then go into strength training or was it more like you started as a fitness professional and kind of built off that? Oh yeah. So basically I started off in powerlifting. Like that was my main like strength training background. Um, I competed a little bit too with that. Um, but yeah, basically from there got into, like, I didn't really know where else to take my, like, I guess my, I guess not even, I guess more so my fitness goals or whatever I want to do. BJJ has always been something that I wanted to try out. So I got into it pretty late. 
Um, but yeah, I gave it a try out of like a local, like uh, MMA gym. And basically I was like 200 pounds, like felt pretty strong. And I just got wrecked by this 140 pound, like 16 year old kid. And I was just like, yeah, this is definitely something I need to start learning. And I just kind of went from there. <laughs> that's, that's usually how it goes. Like, yeah, yes. I, 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 like I started uh, strength training, like uh, in high school and then like going into university and then like my first jujitsu class, I think I got, I got, I got a uh, triangled by a female who was about a quarter of my size. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, well, I'm this this stuff obviously works so this, yeah. U- this ufc stuff clearly yeah, this this <laughs> ufc training comes this ufc, this UFC tr- uh training so tell us a little bit about like just like your strength training background like how did you uh, actually get interested in strength training initially like what was like kind of your first memories of that and then yeah i think you even you mentioned you started up like brampton barbell club at one point like touch on that a little bit and kind of yes. the history there yeah so basically um i just got into lifting like when i was like in high school like started off like end of high school it was just typical like was super skinny like probably wasn't even 120 pounds like by the end of grade or by the start of grade 12 so i started lifting weights more so for like just gaining size or whatever else um as i was doing that like realized that like progressive overload um, and lifting heavier or trying to lift heavier was probably the best way to add on muscle and that's when I got into like more like powerlifting based programming. Um, and then from there, like just got lucky to meet a bunch of like friends at the gym that were actually in powerlifting, like already have competed and whatever else. Um, so they kind of took me through the ropes, like taught me everything um, that I initially needed to know um, and then started competing uh, after that. And that's where basically Brandon Barbell started. So it was just a group of guys that just all happened to like powerlifting. Um, and we wanted to start competing together and realized that if we start a club and stuff, we can compete under our club name. So we didn't even have a physical space. We literally just lifted out of a good life, <laughs> um, just trained together. And we just got lucky that like typical good life, like even bringing chalk, you get like pretty much banned <laughs> from the gym, you get shunned <laughs> from the gym. Right. So we got lucky that like the, like, um, the managers there, that all the, all the trainers there are actually into powerlifting as well. Um, so we all like train together, like pretty frequently and stuff. And yeah, that's where they, that Brandon Barbell Club started. And that's where, um, that powerlifting competition started as well for competing. Yeah. Shout out, shout out good life fitness. Yeah. Shout, shout out to good life. <laughs> shout out good life fitness. Shout out planet fitness where the, <laughs> where the lunk alarm is always on. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, that was yeah. like pretty much it. And then from there, like, I kind of just like took it on, like, um, I, after competing a couple, like a couple of times. So I specialize in like bench pressing. Um, so for the CPF, I got like the junior, uh, record for like the, be- uh, 165 pound class for the bench press. Um, and then after that, like, I, I didn't really know where else I wanted to go. I wanted to compete again, but I kind of like lost like the drive to keep, um, powerlifting specifically. And that's where I started like experimenting with all like other kind of like strength training methods and whatever else started trying to learn up more on that. Um, and then that's when I started competing or started training jujitsu and then later like uh, starting trying to be competitive with jujitsu. Um, but yeah, that's basically how I kind of rolled into, into that. When you look at kind of like all the kind of like different methodologies, as far as like training goes, and when you look at like powerlifting specifically, do you find like if there's a method that's really kind of like supreme above others or is there like is it kind of segmented into certain types like let's say west side barbell like they kind of have the best kind of set for powerlifting and strength building or is it do you feel there's other concepts that are kind of out there that are far more superior 
um, for like powerlifting specifically or just like for anyone? I think it'll look at both because I mean, like for powerlifting, yes, we already know kind of what they have, but they also do service the general public as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, honestly, like the main thing above everything and like this goes for just anyone that's trying to be even just trying to get fit in general, it's just to pick something that like you can stay consistent with. Um, so like, I know like a lot, like, I think like every program can work for sure. Like I know guys that got so strong just doing their own thing, not really even knowing what they're really doing or like they do proper things, but they didn't really look to a specific method to getting to that, to that strength level. Um, but they were consistent. Um, so I think for the most part, something that you can stay consistent with is going to be by far the best thing out there. Um, so a lot of people I know, like they start a program or start a methodology and then they, they just jump ship right away the moment they get bored or you know, like they're not really seeing the, the results they wanted to out of it or whatever. So something you can stay consistent with um, and something that you can stay fairly injury free from as well. Um, so I would say like just those two things for sure would be the main thing. Um, and then for other sports, like out of powerlifting, um, something that like you can honestly say where your level is at. So I know a lot of like people like when they want to get strong for jujitsu, um, either they talk to me or wherever else, they talk about how to increase their squat, how to increase their bench or whatever else. Um, but like not really realizing like those barbell movements are specific for powerlifting. Like that's a sport itself. Um, and jujitsu wise, like you, like you want to get stronger, but the number on the barbell doesn't necessarily mean you're getting it. Like that's the strength that you need specifically for jujitsu or, or any other sport in general. Um, so yeah, like I'd say like, I like West side, um, for myself specifically too, because from like, I'm not powerlifting specific anymore because, I couldn't really deal with like when people think of powerlifting, they think maximum weights all the time. Like usually that's what their first thought is. They got to lift super heavy, but a lot of it's actually just some maximal work, almost kind of how jujitsu is just drilling, like constantly drilling, getting the technique, right. Whatever else powerlifting too, you lift like pretty much like below 90% for a good portion of time until you compete. So it can be pretty boring if that's not the sport you really want to be in. Um, so for myself, I like West side cause you can always switch up the exercises um, you can lift pretty heavy on the days that it's given to lift heavy. Um, and then, yeah, it just adds a lot of variation, um, to, to the programming. Why do you, why do you think West side, like, I, like Louis Simmons is like a legend in like the powerlifting community, mm -hmm. but like, why do you think that method is just so successful and why are those guys so dominant and why? And then also like, I guess, you know, I think a lot of that method, like there's a lot of ties into like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think you, you, you mentioned that when you were talking as well. Um, like, well, I, I think like one, like Louis Simmons, like he like brought a lot of like that powerlifting culture to like, like a lot of like powerlifting culture to like our area of things. So like, or where we're around, um, like when you think powerlifting, like that's usually the first person you think about because just because of like how big the numbers were when like he was training people or even still training people, of course, but like when like they came to the scene, they were throwing on probably like the biggest numbers out there. And that's also when like a lot of geared lifting came into play, like wearing suits and whatever else. And I think he just really honed in and like really like found a really good method for that specific part of powerlifting um to get guys really strong um I, I think also like just in general when you're looking at videos like you see a guy throwing on like 
like thousand pounds on the squat squatting to a box having chains and all this crazy stuff like catches a lot of attention to it so even like general public wise when they like see that they're like oh shit like yeah like these huge guys like lifting all these crazy chains or whatever else like that's powerlifting or whatever so i think like he really like did a good job at like kind of getting his name attached to the sport um in that sense um but yeah like a lot of his methods too like are able to like i find like it's probably one of the best ways to carry on to like even like mma like um I don't know if you guys, you guys are familiar with Phil Daru. He's like, yeah. um, he was one of the head strength and conditioning coach. I, I don't know if he still is, but at at t he was a head strength and conditioning coach, but a lot of his methods for, he trains like Dustin Poirier and stuff. Um, okay. yeah. Poirier. Follow along yeah. with like the conjugate method. He just has his own version of it. Um, but basically that, that ability to kind of stay ready all the time, like with West side or the conjugate method, you're kind of almost ready to compete at any point because you're always used to that grind of like maxing out and whatever. Um, so I like that for combat athletes specifically, if they can lift in that way is because if you're an amateur athlete, like you don't have a set schedule when you're going to compete. Like you could literally see like a list of tournaments and you're like, you know, I feel like competing at that one because just cause. Right. So if you're following like a strict, like periodized thing where it's like all you're only doing endurance work this week, you may not even be ready for that competition in like three weeks. Right. So like I find for athletes that are just trying to come up, build up the resume, that's probably one of the best ways to stay ready all the time in order to compete like optimally anyways. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of look at like your training approach for like, let's say a, a person who comes into your doors and goes, Hey, all right, I'm in somewhat shape. I want to get, competition pre-ready like what's your first kind of steps you go with this person to kind of see where you're going to go with them um so one like i would say one if like uh they have a skills coach specifically um so if they're just like a like if so a lot of athletes that i have come in they have like skills coach for things whether it's boxing jiu-jitsu whatever else um, so first thing i try to do for sure is get in contact with that coach um see where their opinion is and what they're lacking um, all that stuff. And then I also talk about injuries. So my main thing with like training people or strength training people above, like even enhancing their performance is keeping them like performing. Um, so making sure that they're not, they're not getting injured um, or we can uh, one, not getting injured to preventing injuries in general um, or trying to fix up any injuries that they may currently have. Um, Cause I think a lot of people like think like too much on the side of like, uh, enhancing their performance, getting stronger, whatever else, but not really so much fixing whatever imbalances or whatever issues they may have. Because, um, like, I find that more important just because, like, you're not going to get as much strength conditioning I give you. The most important thing is that you're getting better at your skill above everything. So, if you're not able to perform that skill, able to get into the gym to practice, whatever else, like, it doesn't matter how much stuff we do here in the gym, like, <laughs> you're not going to be able to, uh, to perform. So, for sure, those things are top things I would look at. Um, and then from there, just through like general assessment tools and whatever else, seeing where they may be lacking and then start trying to bring that up. What are some uh, like parameters you're looking for, like in a program set for like, let's say like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu athlete. And what are some, maybe just like some basic guidelines and recommendations you can give to somebody who's listening to this right now, who's trying to get yoked for their next jujitsu yeah. competition. <laughs> um, one, I would say like um, staying away from getting married to exercises. So um, like I kind of mentioned before, like a lot of people are like, I want to get my squat up. I want to get my, or my barbell squat up. I want to get my barbell bench up and stuff. Um, 
not getting married to those exercises specifically, but more so focusing on like the movement pattern that comes with those exercises. So for example, like the ones I would look at were, are like a squat pattern, um, a hinge, some sort of lunge, push, pull, um, and then following exercises within those categories that meet your like, um, or that would follow your uh, current like ability to performance. So for example, if you can't barbell squat, cause say jujitsu, you just have bad knees bad knees, bad hips, like super or bad back, super common areas that like people have or super common issues people have. Um, I would try to regress that movement and try to figure out something that you can perform consistently without getting hurt. And then once you get better, uh, make it a more complex or difficult movement. So one easy one is just like a, a goblet squat, like super simple, can get the can get that squat going really easily. Um, say for now, you're, you get really strong in the goblet squat. Um, and we want to take it further, then I would say, okay, let's throw on a landmine now, landmine squat. We can load that a lot heavier, load that a lot more easier, and then kind of progress it from there, um, depending on where, what level you're at. So I think as long as you're doing some sort of squat, it's fine. Um, and then as long as it's not getting you hurt or, or we're still able to get stronger at it uh, without getting hurt, then I think that's the main focus that I would say for, um, for a training program anyways. When you kind of like hear the terms, like whether, you know, people have terminology for everything. It's like MMA style training or hit training or, and then you just go into straight hypertrophy based training and whatever, right? Like, what do you kind of like look at as like, okay, what's, if you wanted to kind of round stuff into like a general form of what people should be doing, how would you specify it? Would it, how would you kind of break it down? Um, so what do you mean like um like how would i kind of like like, like categorize like, it or? yeah because like people are going oh well, i need to do hit training to lose fat or i need to do strength training to lose fat or i need to go do done a bunch of cardiovascular training or, or whatever right so like everybody's kind of has their own opinion as far as like how they should train to lose weight or get better performance or whatever right so let's just take the typical average individual wants to lose weight gain muscle what do you think kind of your methodology or should people be sticking to, to get those types of results they're looking for? Um, so for sure, like mine's like, like I really hone in on the consistency factor. Cause one, that's my biggest issue in general too, is like, I try to like take on way too many things. Like I know this works. I know that works. I'm going to do all these things. And then next week I don't do any of it. And just like, just end up like, I'll be like, okay, next I'll start it next week or I'll get on that next week. So I would say the for most part one kind of doing the like it sounds like kind of like away from what most fitness people or whatever wanted like want to say is the best way to do it, but find like the least amount of work that you need to do in order to see results. Um, so if you're just starting out like you have or yeah you have not done anything whatsoever you're like a brand new fresh plate like I'd say just start lifting. Um, I don't even care what you lift or what you do in your like for that routine like just get into the habit of starting to lift. Um, maybe that's three days a week for you. And that's what you can do. Then do three days a week. Um, and then the moment you're ready, um, we take on something a little bit more specific. So now let's get like an actual training program going. Um, let's like increase it from three days to four days a week, stuff like that before even looking at diet and all those other things. Um, and then once the person's ready, say they have like a solid training program, they're going three, four days a week. Um, they want to start looking at diet. First thing would be like, okay, how much water are you drinking? They're not drinking enough water. Okay. Increase the amount of water you're drinking. You're not sleeping enough. Okay. Try checking out how much sleep you can get. And then kind of just progressing it up from there, building kind of like those skills. And then, 
And then from there, you should be able to have like a pretty solid routine going um, before uh, or a solid routine going that you can keep consistently with. And then from there, you can get more specific if you want to. Um, but I think a lot of people just generally like any strength program, like would be pretty solid as a general public kind of like we'll look at like starting strength or any of those things. And then diet wise, for the most part, like you don't even have, like, I know a lot of people like to count macros again to super specifics of things. Um, but even just like eating more whole foods, maybe not, you're not, you delete Uber eats off your phone and you're just cooking for the most part, you learn how to cook and try doing that for the most part. And then from there, if you're not seeing any more results, then get more specific, um, little by little. I have a, I have kind of like my own opinion on this, but like mm -hmm. you've trained with a lot, you you've trained a lot of athletes. You've also trained like a lot of just regular people as well. Do you find there's like a significant difference, like in your programming when it comes to like just training the average Joe or training like a professional MMA fighter, or if there are differences, like what do you, what do you find they are mainly? Honestly, man, like I think a lot of, like a lot of the training is pretty similar. Like this is like between females like females and guys, like I don't find there's any like real differences and whatever. And like how you train them, like the same principles pretty much apply uh, for the most part, um, even with professional athletes or whatever, anyone that's competitive, I can like, we pretty much train like fairly similar. It's not until like, say there's a specific goal that's being met. That's when things change up. So for example, like say there's a competition coming up now we need to like kind of like taper and kind of like build towards that then that's when things get a little bit more specific towards that um but for the most part like i like to train everyone for that with that same principle of training within a movement pattern and figuring out where that person may be so like the average joe may be even lifting more or like doing more like complex exercises than the the professional athlete that i have competing in like boxing or whatever um, like just because you're a professional athlete in boxing doesn't mean you have to do anything crazier than someone that's like just starting to lift, uh, or like, that's just like lifting for the recreational aspect of it. Um, but yeah. And then like, in terms of like, maybe like certain exercise selection, picking things that are a little bit more specific for your, uh, specific for your sport. Um, but other than that, man, like I can train guys pretty similarly and see pretty good results again. Like it's going to be more so like the, the skills aspect, in my opinion, anyways, yep. that's going to get them better above everything else. Yeah. I, I honestly, I agree. I think it's the, it's the skills. And I think there's, in, you basically touched on it. Like in general, the same rules apply. Like a squat is a squat, a push is a push, a pull is a pull, a hinge is a hinge. And I, unless there's something specific that like maybe like a professional athlete needs to work on, like mm -hmm. they need to cut weight or they need to, you know, develop a certain skill, very specific skill, skill set for their sport. The same, you know, get principles apply across yeah. the board. Yeah, for sure. And like, honestly, even in terms of training, like schedule wise too, like, like that's, that's why like right now I've have like my guys, like if you've been just from seeing videos and whatever, I've like a lot of guys lifting a lot more now, but just cause there's barely any training to do for skills stuff. Like if like, you're only able to, like, if you want, if you only have two days a week right now that you can get hold of people to train, whatever sport you're at, then we might as well use up the other days to lift more and like maybe pick up on other things that we won't have time for. Um, cause generally when it is like competition time or, even like just in general, we could have a regular training schedule. Like I only like to see my guys like maybe twice a week. Like you don't need to, like I, in my opinion, you don't need to see me more than two, maybe three times a week at the gym lifting 
if you're already training like jujitsu, boxing, whatever, like five days a week or whatever, like there's no need to like, in my opinion, to overload your system with that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's pretty weird. Like I put it like a very like low amount of emphasis on my part of it. Like, I just want these guys to like, like stay healthy, you know, like increase things that we need to, if like the coach brings it up and whatever, but for the most part, man, like I just want to keep my guys healthy so they, they can improve their performance through their skills training. Um, like that's what I feel like my job is there for. What, what do you kind of think about, like, especially as obviously health and fitness industry has kind of gone through one hell of a year for mm -hmm. sure. And you look at all these businesses and like, think about COVID. Okay. Yes. You, we need to have healthy, strong, able individuals to, you know, have a healthy immune system to build off and fight viruses. And that's the whole premise of it. Right. And we've shut down gyms. And then the idea is obviously social distancing limits the capacities on people, all that kind of jazz. And the industry itself that used to be a very vibrant, hey, let's get as many people into these gyms as possible every night where people could get fit and it creates atmospheres and you can't have that anymore. So obviously the this whole industry has changed. So it's like, where do you kind of see, and again, this is just an opinion base, right? Mm -hmm. Like where do you see the industry going now? Whereas like, is it kind of like we get vaccines going and we go back to normal? Or is he going to see more of these boutique or small clubs like yourself kind of starting up where it's like, it's more individual based and people taking more responsibility for their own stuff. Yeah. Honestly, man, like in terms of like where industry changes, like even like for myself for coaching wise, like without the ability to have people in person for the most part, um, or even access to a bunch of equipment, it really like had to, it really got you thinking of like how much do you actually like know as a coach and how like, how well can you coach someone? Um, like, I feel like a lot of like, like creativity came out of it, which is like a solid thing. And like a lot of like, in, in terms of like, okay, we want this sort of adaptation to occur. So whether it's fat loss, like muscle gain or strength gain or whatever, how can we do that without having this entire plethora of like of equipment that we have access to? Um, so I, I think like for a lot of like individuals, like a lot of good coaches kind of like shot up um, like they became a lot more noticeable because they were able to still get, like produce results and progress um, without like the, like whatever X amount of equipment that they normally would have had access to. Um, so I think like a, a lot of good came out of that in terms of like coaching wise. Um, and it gave like a lot of opportunity for other coaches to come up and like kind of show like that they do know what they're like, what they're talking about because um they can get results and you only need a kettlebell. <laughs> like, like uh, you don't need anything super crazy out of it. Um, but as an industry, like for sure, it's like been super hard with that. Um, I think it's just like, again, there's a lot of creativity and a lot of like looking like for myself, like I didn't, I, for my own training, I'd started doing a lot of things that I neglected when I did have access to everything or whatever else. Um, so I learned a lot of that from myself too. Like just like learning how to use a kettlebell properly. Um, I always use kettlebell just pretty much for like swings or whatever and like nothing, anything like too intense. Um, but having to understand like all the exercises that could probably come out of a kettlebell just so I could train a client. Um, so I think a lot of learning did come out of it and a lot of like good came out of it in that sense. Um, but in terms of like gyms and stuff, I see a lot of for sure private gyms coming up, um, taking on like a, a people in that sense, just cause like the time slots or whatever you've seen, like I good lives or big box gyms having the time slots come into play. So I think like for that, like a lot of gyms have the opportunity um, ap maybe after things die down to like, kind of like come up again. Like it was like almost like a reset, I think on like the industry. 
I think so too. I think there's definitely going to be a lot more smaller boutique gyms coming up mm-hmm. and you might even see that looking into like, kind of like tying into like the BJJ side as well, where, you know, maybe not, there's might not be some people that are very comfortable going to a gym with 50 people rolling on top of each other. And after all this, and yeah, man. There may BJJ be- pro- for sure, probably took the biggest hit off. It's like the most COVID like friendly sport you can, you can get into that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Everybody, um, everybody, like everybody's trying to like you know avoid COVID when they're training jujitsu, avoiding herpes when they're training. Yeah. <laughs> you name the disease, I don't know, like especially like I mean, Aaron, look at look at like rolling with Aaron, like you, know, <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna catch. <laughs> I just see shaking his head over there. So then, but but yeah, but getting back to to like a very important point is the industry. The industry is changing, so there's a lot more like people going online going virtual even then with jiu-jitsu you see there's a lot more content online and people are going virtual there and they're offering coaching there is 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 that kind of still going to be like in the future like there's going to be a combination of boutique gyms more stuff going online like where do you see the industry going bjj wise and like the fitness industry itself going in the next like three to five years after this is over yeah, I think honestly, man, like like everyone already, like anyone that was like really big, um, that like already maxed out in person was like I saw like already starting to do things online, um, take advantage of that platform. Um, so like even for like jujitsu wise, like uh, like guys like like Keenan, like starting Keenan online or whatever, like like that's where like he was headed out to. Um, but like I think a lot of people now are forced to go into that direction. Um, and honestly speaking, like if this thing didn't happen, I think it would have headed there anyways. Like that's probably like mm-hmm. probably where things would have yeah. had to been in order to like one, like just in general to expand your business. Like you, you can't like leave out like an entire platform um, and only focus on in person. Like there more than likely would have had to been a time for like these online things to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think people that were already getting started with that, like flourish because they're like, I was already on this, so I'm going to just keep going with what I was doing. And then a lot of people struggled where they were super comfortable with all the in-person training that they were doing um, that they kind of were like now forced to kind of like ditch that and now learn all these things like with one using social media to to really expand their business um, to getting used to what how online platforms work um, for training people in general or running these classes or whatever else. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. So like, let's just say you were like taking on like a, like an apprentice or something like that. Like what's the the first thing you're going to teach this individual and like how to be successful as a coach? Cause now you're training, the training the trainer. Mm, so like, like they're already been training people or they're just like, yeah, let's just say they're like, they they, they've run into this whole thing where like they were in person training, they were mildly successful, but now we, they obviously want to change the way they're doing their business and how would, how would you help them step their, their businesses up? Basically, basically Aaron's question is he wants to be your apprentice. How do <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good, man. <laughs> um, one for sure, like creating that online presence. Um, so for myself, like this is just all things that I've seen like myself do well with. Um, and like just from other individuals I keep in contact that do really well because of this aspect um, is like, yeah, for sure. An online presence of some sort. Um, it doesn't have to be Instagram. Instagram just so happens to be right now, like the most popular platform um, in my opinion, or most accessible, obviously YouTube and wherever else is great too. 
Um, but for sure, it's creating some sort of online presence and getting yourself out there. It's like the easiest form of like advertisement that you could probably get and it's, and it's free. Like you, as long as you can, again, consistent with it and keep going with it um, and put and putting out some decent content, like I'm sure like eventually it'll pick up and that's, what's going to help out a lot. Um, so that for sure is the online presence um, Two, with that networking um, through Instagram. I've met a, a ton of people that like, I, I wouldn't have met like, like at all, like for sure. Like when not, I would never have met just cause they're from different parts of the world or wherever else and literally found me through Instagram. Um, and that's what, like, even that's one thing that I, I liked from BJJ too. You got, it was literally like a community of people that had a bunch of other things that they did. And just so happened that we shared this thing of BJJ, but like, again, networking through them, like, like you get a lot of opportunity um, through that. So I would say for sure that online presence is key um, Two like constantly reading like one like constantly reading up on things like not being super close-minded to one maybe one thing that you think works um, and maybe opening yourself up to a bunch of other things that you could possibly learn from um, so like for me like I was into powerlifting a lot um, but because like if I wanted to expand my my audience to as many people as possible I had to do things that I didn't like like running like I hate running um, but I had to like, kind of like get read up on like how to increase speed, how to maybe increase endurance or whatever else, um, because people that's, that's some people's goals too. Like, it's not, it's not all about my goals. It's about like what other people's goals are. So getting into that. Um, so constantly reading and learning, I think is a key thing to do. Um, and yeah, like those are like the two, top two main things for sure that are including networking. Those three things I would say for sure would be like, um, number one on my list to get going with, um, and then, yeah, like with the reading, just constantly making yourself better. Like I, I find that people like to see that you're investing into yourself one way or another. Um, so for myself, that was one showing people that I am purchasing a bunch of equipment because I want to help your, your training go up too. So a lot of my money that you're giving me, I'm giving back yeah. to you by getting more equipment. Um, I'm invested in whatever goals you have. So I want to do that. Um, and then to like investing into more courses or whatever else, like, again, you're, you're, you guys are giving me money so that I can, so I can get better to make your, your training better. So, um, doing a bunch of courses, reading up on stuff, it doesn't even have to be a course that you have to pay for. It could even be free courses just to, just to learn. Um, and then, yeah, like networking with like more professionals. Um, so guys, I like to work, I, I, I started talking to a lot was like a loose strength therapy. Um, he taught me a lot about re rehab, prehab work and whatever else. So that's how I learned, um, in order to like, kind of like, and I brought that into my clientele, um, guys like Piers elite performance, he comes from more like a team sport background or whatever else, but networking with him, learning yeah. from him, I can increase like how my, my training principles are. So I like to like, kind of like blend everything together. Like, like, um, that's like my style of training with things is like blending things together that I learned from other, other people that are better than me at that at those things mm -hmm. like especially like i, I want to kind of touch on instagram because mm -hmm. um obviously like there's so many different fitness professionals and fitness influencers out there like how how would you kind of like tell people i mean like the three of us are smart enough to kind of see what's bullshit and what's not but there's a lot of like stuff out there where people are like it's it's bullshit but it's a good content they have a good page good music and people see it and they're like hey this looks great it's gonna work for me so how do you kind of recommend to people like hey man this is kind of a bullshit concept like and how do you kind of have those conversations with people 
Um, that's it's definitely a hard one to like, like um, to like get. I guess like to kind of like show someone. I get, like, but honestly, like I would say the the most important thing, like or easiest way for me is like if it's someone that I personally know, send them pages that I like to look at, um, and then maybe like get them like tell them to kind of just like in general just educate yourself and read up and stuff and then i think that will kind of show that that itself will show you like what what's not like i guess like what's not right or like yeah what's bullshit out there um just because like i think when things like like there's a bunch of like ones that definitely came up now because of like how instagram kind of popped off for like fitness um if it looks crazy like complex or if it looks if it looks super cool for the most part it's probably not it's probably not working. <laughs> it's like oh, probably not doing. Whoa, that. Whoa, 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 hold on! You're saying squatting on a Bosu ball doesn't work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're like, yo, that looks so cool. Like that's crazy. That's it more than likely isn't like an exercise that you're probably gonna be doing, like or should be doing anyways. Um, like it's it's funny and it sucks because like a lot of the most boring things are just the shit that works, but it doesn't get the clout that like other things. Squats, deadlifts, push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Pull-ups. Yeah, Literally, but then, but then you there will be like an Instagram video of a guy doing it with like a finger going up and like twirling over the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, always, I always look insanely weak going on Instagram. <laughs> I just if I ever want to feel terrible, I'm like, all right, I, I got a PR on my deadlift, and then I, I go online, I see like a 15 year old Chinese girl who like <laughs> is repping my max. I'm like, how the hell is this possible? Yeah, I should have mentioned that the biggest investment for sure is bumper plates for that. Like, and no one can tell. No one can tell where you're lifting. Like, you don't even have to write down what it is. Just have them. His plates are that. so big. Oh, yeah. it's only dead with plates, like man. 2.5. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, for the most part, just like I would say for someone, like, yo, think about what your goal is. And then, and then from there, kind of like branch off to see what would complement that goal for the most part. So, if you want to get stronger, like more than likely, the Bosu ball squad is not going to be on that list of things for you to do. To get stronger. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you're going to have to take that out of your program. Take it out of my programming. Let's take it out. I'll take it out. Um, another thing I wanted to ask about Instagram. So, on your Instagram page, you got a, a rock like impersonation video. <laughs> like, where did that idea come from? And, like, is that like, is the rock like a superhero to you or like, what's yes. going on? um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, affiliated with Under Armour. So they yeah. sent me like stuff with like the rock line or whatever else. Um, mm-hmm. so I just, so I just wanted to think of like the best way to kind of do it. And like the, like I had a, a black turtleneck that I've literally never worn. And I was like, let's put this to use, you know, call it my mom. <laughs> Ask my mom, like the mom, does dad have like an old school fanny pack that I can use? We have it. Perfect. All right, let's throw it on. <laughs> yeah so fanny, pack, fanny packs are making a comeback you can't you can't be oh dude them. i have like three they're just like not as cool as the one that i used in that video <laughs> john yeah. john danaher is like a diamond belt in oh, yeah. fanny <laughs> pack wearing rash guard wearing that is his black belt that fanny pack is his black belt <laughs> that is well he is one with the fanny pack <laughs> so how did you get involved with armor under armor uh, again it's like just literally just all social media man like literally just yeah. kept on posting kept on going with it like i tagged them in a few like in the ones where i was wearing their apparel um so when i was wearing their stuff i would tag them over else um and again i just got lucky with networking with people like that were already under armor affiliates um so i think like kind of just collabing with them or just kind of like staying in contact with them just kind of helped kind of get my page like i guess noticed um and then mm-hmm. 
I finally checked my email for once and then uh, saw that it was an Under Armour uh, um, affiliate like a uh, request for it. So yeah, that's pretty much how I got started with them. So that's what we need to do. We need to get that Under Armour sponsorship money. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and Aaron will make tens and tens of dollars. <laughs> tens and tens. Dude, the compression shirts just automatically look more jacked anyways too. So I would wear them regardless. <laughs> and they and they add like, you know, 25 pounds to your bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this touching back on like a th- couple things ago, just like ridiculous things that mm-hmm. like in like programs. So want to ask you, what are some stories of you? You've had a lot of experience in the gym, a lot of powerlifting experience. You worked out in a good life. Sometimes, you know, people are doing things that might be a little off, <laughs> but like, what are, what are some of like the craziest things or craziest workouts you've ever seen people do? Like when you've been working out at like a good life, for example, or at like any other gym. Craziest ones. Um, I've seen like, I don't even know, like maxing out like shrug machines, like trying to max out shrug machines and literally <laughs> like, like I thought they were literally just trying to hold it for the grip, but like it was literally them trying to shrug it. So I was like, oh, this guy's just holding the like, testing his grip out. And then I saw like a little bit of like just a little bit of this going on. And then he dropped the weight, walked around, like nose about to start bleeding, super, super sweaty. And it's like, yeah, that was a good start. <laughs> like shit like that. Man. Um <laughs> yeah i don't even know man like leg pressing like insane amounts of weights like like but like 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 not even quarter leg press i I don't even know how to describe it like again almost like close to like that same movement of the shrug with just leg pressing but like it was almost more of a bench than anything because he's basically just ego lifting the the leg press oh yeah yeah, yeah. bro i leg press like a thousand pounds man it's crazy i moved the weight like a quarter of an inch (laughs) honestly man um yeah, no, I can't even I don't think about it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen anything like absurd, like completely absurd, but like for sure, just like a huge amount of like ego lifting or like, or else is what I've seen or like just terrible form. Like I've seen some pretty, pretty bad deadlifts like that. Like I didn't even know a back around like that. Like, <laughs> like that's how bad these deadlifts were. It's like a frightened <laughs> cat trying to deadlift. Yeah. Like I think the frightened cat would be jealous of these crap. guys. <laughs> um. But yeah, but even at the same time, like in terms of like absurd, like I've seen some guys that were so unassuming that like that lifted way more than me. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? It's like literally did not think this guy was going to lift anything. Turn around and he's like lifting like six plates on the uh, forward that lift and it's like proper form and everything. So <laughs> I've, I've seen some crazy stuff. Like I've been to like powerlifting comps with a few people and there's one, I think there's one guy who won best lifter. I forget his name, but like skinny unassuming guy like i'm like 200 and okay well i'm not that fat like 200 and, <laughs> i'm about 190 pounds right aaron wink wink sure sure i'm on weight <laughs> i'm on weight right now so like you know i'm a, I'm a decent sized individual aaron's a decent sized individual so there's a gentleman there who might have been like what's considered like a light featherweight in like jujitsu <laughs> and he won best overall lifter I think he deadlifted more than like a super heavyweight there. It was insane. Like the amount of weight that he was pulling relative to his, you know, his size. Like, no, man, it's actually crazy. Like how strong people are right now. Like when I was like in powerlifting, like it was like, that's like, I was, I caught it at like the, as it was peaking up in terms of popularity, those guys that were specifically for powerlifting. And then I think as the sport got more popular, like guys from other sports, 
like say they just finished college and then they were playing football in college and it was like, okay, I don't want to do anything else with this. So let me just try this powerlifting thing. And then automatically just like lifting absurd numbers right off the bat. Like some of the best guys right now, I'm like, that's the thing with powerlifting is like, it's going to be weird is like people considering it as an actual sport to get into and ditching whatever football, basketball or whatever thing that they were going to go and try and do. And like freak athletics, bring it into this thing where you only have to lift a bar once. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So in like professional powerlifting, they're, they're testing in that though, aren't they? Um, there's like, there's federations <laughs> that are, and there's federations that just are not, Yo- they're just, they're, not. Yeah. they're, yo- they're yellowing. It's, oh dude. That was like the best competition. Like one of the best competitions I went to, um, was like, there's two platforms. And it was like one for like the tested guys and one for like the untested guys. It was so like, it was like, dude, like the contrast between people was absurd. Like I was just like, okay, it's like actually the funniest. Like, okay, if I want to have fun, I'm going to watch over here. And I'm going to, but yeah, like literally like a crazy, like, like you could have some federations that are testing. It's crazy because that one is actually getting stronger in the sense of, and I think again, it's because of athletes getting into the sport, like from other backgrounds. Like they're pushing, they're pushing out like crazy numbers that are like even like comparing, if not more, than the guys are un, that aren't tested. Um, so like that sport is like getting like pretty insane for for that aspect. But yeah, you've seen so, there's some pretty purple dudes out there that lifting barbells, <laughs> <laughs> changing colors, or yeah. mutant. Aaron, I wanted to ask you. So you've had a lot of experience at the the gym that we do not speak of on here. um i gotta ask you what are some of the craziest things you've seen there like either like personal trainers doing or strength coaches doing because you've been in all sorts of roles there like you've been management you've been Uh, training i mean like group stuff you've done everything you've done it all yeah so like i had okay so i remember there was one i'll I'll talk about like a client and then i'll talk about uh, a trainer I do the trainer one first. So there's one trainer who he was one person he was working with and he had him on the Stairmaster. And I'm talking about like an old, like a lady in her like fifties or sixties. I know like who that. you're talking about. On the I have another, I have another story about this person after they have a Viper <laughs> over their head, holding the Viper over their head. So this, this lady can barely walk on a Stairmaster, let alone. <laughs> now she has to hold a weighted rubber, viper over her head and she is w- walking up the stairs like a 40 pound rubber bar overhead at like you know at like 9 10 speed i'm like it's fucking insane and i literally <laughs> thought this woman was gonna fall off the stairmaster i thought it was crazy so that was one and we had to actually talk to that individual like you can't do that anymore <laughs> like that, that like like members are asking questions this is not good this right. is like you're and, gonna kill you're gonna kill somebody with the viper yeah, down. So <laughs> and then um one of the worst ones I saw was um so it was like we had this event where it was like this right, try these uh classes basically so you could sample these different types of classes. We had different formats of these classes, so like advanced and then it's kind of like beginners format, right? And we had this advanced one where it was all like instability based exercises or like band BOSUs, like the whole deal. Right. And so it was all about like um, nervous system, strength and endurance, and then cardiovascular endurance. Right. Like it was all about hitting all the systems. And so the first exercise 
the trainer tells a person to do is flip your BOSU ball over, jump onto the BOSU balls. We're going to do instability BOSU ball squats, right? So this lady jumps on the BOSU ball, can't hold her balance at all, flips off the BOSU ball, breaks her wrist. Right oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, and I mean, like, broken, like, bone protruding. Like- Oh my god! And and I'm—I just happened to be there, and I'm like, got to call an ambulance at six o'clock in the morning for this poor lady to take her to the hospital. (laughs) I'm like, oh, like it was. Did she come back? (laughs) Yeah, she eventually came back. She never joined classes again. She never looked at a bullshit ball the same way. I don't. I don't blame her. Like. Probably his PTSD from like she's a boxer ball. So bad for her too because it was like it was the first day of this event of like try all these classes for free. It doesn't cost any, so anybody could try anything. So it was this big thing, and yeah, that was the first event of the day. And somebody breaks their wrist, and I'm like, (laughs) oh shit, this is gonna be a bad week. (laughs) (laughs) Ah damn it, it's only Monday. (laughs) So yeah, basically it was only Monday. And like that, so we got through that, and uh, that was that was fucked. Like, but I mean, yeah. like I've seen crazy stuff. Like I've had, you know, roided out trainers yelling at people, yelling at staff. Like I've had all <laughs> sorts of stuff. <laughs> Did, didn't that happen with you? Like somebody was yeah, uh, we're not a little a little that, extra that, super that's, physiological. That's like, I'm not say. worried about it. <laughs> well, the craziest thing I've seen, like just touching on just crazy shit that like trainers have done or that like you've seen clients do, but I think it might be the same gentleman that Aaron's talking about, but I don't know why, because touching back just to, to put everything back full circle again is once, if you see crazy shit on Instagram, chances are it's, you don't really need to do it or it's the, the cost to benefit ratio is probably not great. Versus like, if you hammer the basics, basically as Miguel's been saying, like hitting squats, bench pressing, hitting all your, your movement patterns. But with that said, so this gentleman, so he took a calf raise machine and like a standing calf raise machine. So standing calf raise machine, added a BOSU ball to it for some oh reason. <laughs> so you're standing on a BOSU ball upside down. <laughs> and then like bent over in like the worst position imaginable. So it's like full hip hinge, but then like the person's lower back was rounding and there was doing like a reverse, you know, like donkey calf raises, but yeah. like back, but then like their back was basically like rounded in half. So it's like, I feel like they're going to snap their lumbar any second. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I think it was the only time where I had to go, okay, like cool it. You need to do something else with this person <laughs> because you're going to kill them. <laughs> There's definitely what a you're lot doing. of exercises. Put, put you down do. the BOSU ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, that's just what happens when, like, even in general with people, like, the term, like, functional fitness, like, that's when a lot of weird things, like, start happening. It's, like, when people start going too too, too much towards, like, functional or, like, whatever functional fitness even means um, and then start doing, like, a lot of weird things with different exercises because they feel like that's more, I guess, like, realistic or whatever with it. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, especially going eventually back to a club with lots of people in there and they have to like see what people have seen online and then now they're going to try it out in the real <laughs> world. And it's like, 
Ah, shit. Just every <laughs> single person up. at the desk just requesting a BOSU ball now. <laughs> <laughs> like, and again, like, I, I, I don't, like, I do fault people. Now we don't want to talk about because, like, <laughs> like, they see this stuff and it's like, this, if it looks, it looks like a bad idea, you probably shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I see stuff of like, you physically can't do it. Why are you going to try it? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah. If like, honestly, if it takes you like 30 attempts to even do one rep of an exercise, like you probably shouldn't be continuing to try and do that exercise. Like if it looks like way too hard to do, then yeah. Like that's like, again, like a reason, a good reason not to even bother trying to really do it. You know, I was like, I don't even know. Um, like with a bunch, like that's the thing. Like with Instagram, like it's again, it was good that like a lot of people were able to get onto the platform and do it. But obviously, with that, like a lot of good and bad um, came out of it with it. So, so let me ask you this, just because like obviously you're all about like hammering the basics, building off that. And when you look at like let's say CrossFit, for example, right? And there's really good boxes that are like, hey, we're going to hammer on the basics of all these Olympic lifts and really make sure you understand movement pattern, being able to do a squat, being able to do a clean, all that kind of stuff. But then you got other boxes where are going, hey, OK, this is what we're doing. See you later. Have fun. And like, do you like what do you think about like these businesses being open and obviously they're allowing people to do this? Yeah, honestly, like. Like, again, like, especially, like, with, like, like any, like, class setting-wise, like, it's definitely hard to, like, get, like, like, I, I, I just put it more on the coaches than anything, like, um, for it to be done. Like, if, like, it has to be, like, supervised, like, well enough, especially for these classes where there's a, a big mix of people, um, whether, like, they're experienced already or, like, some people are literally like, their first time coming into the gym and like, getting that in, like, like I would say like that one would just be on the coaches kind of like trying to look after it as best as possible, giving like those people that haven't done it before, maybe a different exercise to kind of like do instead. Um, like, again, like, I don't think there's anything like really wrong with like, no, like, like I'm one of the, like, I'm on the train of thought of like, there's no bad exercise besides all the ones that we just talked about with the BOSU ball. <laughs> there's no, <laughs> no such thing as a bad exercise. Unless it's one of those, like there's no real bad exercise. There's just more so like what you're ready for. And there's just things that you aren't ready for or things that you need to do or you should be doing. And there's just things that aren't, as much of a necessity um, to be throwing into the program. Um, so yeah, like I, I would say like for that, like that's why I like training within movement patterns um, because that's when I can get a group of people. Some guys may be able to barbell squat. Some guys may only be able to goblet squat. Some people may split squat. You're all squatting like at the same time together. It's just like your the exercise that you're doing is more well-suited for wherever you're at or whatever your level's at right at the moment. So kind of touching on one thing, one more thing this evening is what are some, just for fun, like what are some exercises that you've seen like over the years or like certain exercises you think that may be a little underrated and underappreciated in people's programs and uh, just to annoy some people, what are some things that you think are overrated, overhyped, uh, okay, okay. Your, your, your thoughts on certain exercises or, or trends or anything? Um, underrated. I don't know if it's underrated or if they just like, they just suck so much that like the, like, and people hate doing it so much that they just don't do it. Lunges, like lunges, I think are like yep. super underrated with like how, 
with like I like I hate doing lunges because just because they're so hard and like there's so many variations that you can add to it to like make it even harder. Um, but like any like just building off that even any unilateral exercise for the most part like uh, step ups like like I started doing step ups a lot recently and I think those are super underrated especially if you do them from like um, a height that's like where the knee is going past the hip. Um, so you're in like a deep, like hip flexion, um, kind of position. Like those are very, very beneficial. I find, um, but yeah, any unilateral exercise for the most part, I think are underrated, um, or people think they're too hard to do. So they shouldn't do them yet. Um, uh, where I think the opposite way, because you, it is hard for you to do the unilateral exercise. I think you should be doing that before you even hop onto a barbell squat or whatever and do with both legs. Cause if you can't do it, if you're not stable or can't do it properly with one leg, um, it's only going to cause more problems when you just skip over that and you just squat heavier loads and load up that dysfunction with both legs. Um, so yeah. I think overrated wise, anything with the bar, like thinking the big three um, is the one and only way to go. So squat, bench, deadlift, um, and then not using enough of the other prerequisite exercises that I think you should be doing in order to almost like earn um earn your way to using the barbell because um because yeah i think like the barbell is like a skill um it is like a like those three movements are a sport itself um so i wouldn't just like throw someone in to start doing that right away um i'd have them do all these other prerequisite exercises first in my opinion anyways um before they get onto there yeah i like i, I know how you're saying like lunges i know when i've seen that like on the rocks instagram when he throws on like the chains and the he chains just finishes it. like he does like 50 lunges and it's like what the fuck is this guy doing he's a monster but like he's and he's just sweating like crazy profusely it's just like man that guy nobody works harder than that man like honestly like no, no you look at all the stuff no. he's putting out like it's crazy yeah, no, dude, that guy's that guy's in, on another level, and at the same time, he's killing it with like acting on top of it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? How are you acting in so many movies? Like, literally every single action movie I can think of right now has a rock in it, and at the same time, this guy's still in the gym killing it. <laughs> he's a billion dollar man, right? Like, I heard a story. So, remember, like, Pain and Gain? Yeah, yeah. So, like, when he was getting, like, and he's huge for Pain and Gain, like huge. And so, the cardio he was doing was he had a 135 pound barbell on his back and he was doing walking lunges around a 400 meter track. Yeah. That oh, was, fuck, that was dude. cardio. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cardio. <laughs> that's <laughs> cardio. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I do one, I do one set of that. I'm going to be like unconscious and can't walk for a week. I'm going to need a wheelchair. I'm just talking myself up to go on a run, like a jog. Like, like, this guy's doing lunges around the track yeah. but who Maybe. programs that like i want to i want to know who sits there and writes this program out and goes okay this is what we're gonna do barbell right. 135 <laughs> round the track go i feel like his programming he literally just sits there and is like what does everyone not like doing okay how can we make that worse and now when are we gonna do it tomorrow okay let's do it <laughs> yeah no unbelievable but Hey, he's a billion dollar man for a reason, right? So. <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> he is a man. Well, listen, um, Miguel, I do want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a great conversation. I do want to ask you before you go, um, you know, like what's coming up for you? Like what are the plans for Miguel's strength? Like what's happening down the pipeline or things you want to reveal or don't want to reveal, you know, like what's coming up? 
Um, honestly, like just from what I'm trying out. So even like what we were talking about, like getting more, like using the online platform more so of like for increasing, like, uh, the expansion of business or whatever else. Um, so getting like myself more like involved with that, like programming for people online. Um, I got a couple programs that I've been like been working on. Um, one of them specifically for females that I've been doing for the past bit now. Um, just getting that program out. Other than that, like until competition comes up, like my athletes, I'm just trying to keep them healthy and like kind of keep them like ready as much as possible for when um, harder training does come up or when competitions do come up for the most part. Um, but other than that, man, just like just sticking with that and just like I'm, I'm still trying to think of like, again, different ways and different ways to get content out there, because now it's like that's like the hardest part is like still again, like with those basics, trying to get it out there in a way that's like a lot more digestible for people to kind of like look at more i guess um but other than that like that's pretty that's pretty much it for me right now um just chilling out in the garage for them in the meantime just getting a little bit more equipment and toys if i if i figure any or find any online and that's pretty much it man if you oh, can God, even find can... equipment right now it's like oh know, dude triple the yeah. price it's insane right <laughs> yeah <now. laughs> trust trust <laughs> Yeah, like that was the one thing is like people are like, okay, I'm gonna start up a gym in my own garage. It's like trying to find stuff, and then at like a decent price, it's like everything's like four bucks a pound. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Actually, if there is like another suggestion I can give, like in terms of like building your gym, um, one is probably even like not even looking. Like I know a lot of people want to like buy squat rack, but for like I think like ninety nine percent of people, like you don't even need the squat rack. Like I would rather just put that money in towards maybe getting again like maybe a decent set of kettlebells. Um, if you do want to use the barbell, like I think the landmine, um, yeah. is like a great tool to use. Um, I got that in my garage. That's what, I, that's what yeah. I got. Yep. Dude, that's literally my favorite, favorite thing to like throw people on. Like, um, and like with training people in general, like I think again, like the easy, the best thing to do is just find exercises that are super easy. Um, that we can, like, you can do almost like instinctively right away after showing one or two times. And then from there getting a little bit more like specific with it. Um, but yeah, like a landmine um, for the barbell, super good on space. Um, and again, like very cost effective because you don't need the rack for it. Um, and yeah. then adjustable dumbbells. And like, honestly, man, like that's, that's pretty, pretty solid setup right there. If you get everything done. Yeah. No, if you're, again, like you said, it's all about creativity, right? If you can be creative, if you can, you don't need a full scale gym. You can make it very versatile, very functional, makes it work. And that's all you really need. And you get a, a good person to put it together and that's who you are. And that's how we're yeah. going to build it. Right. Yeah. We, for, we forgot one key piece of equipment, the theme of the night, BOSU ball. <laughs> gotta <laughs> have a boat. Your home garage gym has got to have a BOSU ball. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, is there anybody you want to reach out to or thank or sponsors or anything like that before we take off? Yeah, for the most part, just like everyone again, that's just like just supported like in here, um, like supporting me on like whatever everything that I've been doing. Um, again, like one like just shout out to like my coach Mosley um, for showing me like for bringing me into jujitsu, um, like and through there like connecting me to people like you guys. Um, uh, and in general, that's pretty like yeah, like, like no like that's it. That's pretty much it for everything. Um, but yeah, I would like to thank you guys for the opportunity to go ahead and talk on here too. No, thank you again so much. We want to have you back yeah. on. Well, hopefully when we get out of here, we can uh, head over to your garage and get a lift session yeah, and no show us how to do some stuff. 
Yeah, I'll show you how weak I actually am um, when you see what weights are on those bumper plates. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's okay. Two out of three people on this podcast actually lift, and I'll let you figure out who the one that doesn't actually lift is. I'm, I'm the guy lifting, buddy. It's you is not doing much. So. What do you mean? I'm like, I'm, dude, I'm like 225 now. <laughs> it was, it was 190, I was 190 like in the summer, and I'm like, I'm, I'm packing on size. Going up, going, size. going ultra heavyweight or bust. You're just bulking, man. That's it. Just got it. That's it. It's just bulking season right now.